All the things you prayed for. Chapter 38 Just Like 8th Grade Worrying about saving the world from the robot uprising or whatever the fuck is going on with the hunger, Whoop is trying very hard not to think about John or his digital AI ghost or whatever, even though Kravitz brought the conversation to that very depressing place. John's dead twice over. She saw it with her own eyes. But even without John at the helm, the remnants of the hunger continue to writhe like a dying thing, which is both infuriating and genuinely worrisome. Lucretia would say something about power vacuums, Loop bets. Hey, Earth to Loop, Taco says, poking her in the side. She startles and bats his hand away. Ow, Taco says, even though there's no way that hurt. Rude. Sorry, Loop says and pokes him in the arm. He elbows her back. You're going to spill my coffee, he says, taking a long sip. I was just going to ask you what you're thinking about. I'm heading back upstairs. I'm thinking we need to call Lucretia. Loop says, but after that, I'll join you upstairs. Okay, Taco says agreeably. I'm going to go steal more of Crab's cookie then. Oh, it's Crab now. Taco's face reddens. Shut up, Loop, he says, which is pretty much confirmation that Taco is feeling Taco enough to think about hot singles in his area. You're going to go steal some of his cookie that you gave him, along with the fancy coffee, Loop teases. It feels good to give Taco a little bit of shit about the boy he might like. It's a nice distraction from thinking about the hunger, even if it is a little weird that it's Kravitz who Taco is interested in. On the other hand, Kravitz is extremely attractive, very dangerous, and after getting over his Ooh, the Winter Soldier will kill you in your sleep, and he shot me in my very attractive abs, look at them, thing, has been very nice to Taco. So maybe not that weird, after all. Taco's still blushing, awkwardly scowling at her. Yeah, so what if I want to hang out with crap? That doesn't mean anything. I can have friends, Loop. Sure, T, Loop says, humoring him. What? He's cool. I can think someone's cool. Yeah, I know he's cool, Loop says. You should be nice to him, not just get him drunk. And hey, maybe explain that? What were you guys doing? A conspicuous silence, followed by Taco standing straight up. I, Taco says haughtily, have brain damage. I don't need to be nice to anybody. You should be nice to me and not tease, and now I'm leaving. Taco makes a good effort of flipping his hair and walking away. Loop starts laughing. Ask him on a date, she calls still teasing. Taco flips her off, and that just makes her laugh harder.
Kravitz feels very sorry for everyone without an enhanced metabolism. The difference between waking up hungover after a night of drinking and waking up actually refreshed enough to train first thing in the morning is startling. Unfortunately, it also leaves all the room in his skull previously taken by pain to be filled with overanalyzing every interaction with Taco. Taco brought him a cookie, and then used stealing pieces of it as an excuse to stick close and chat with him. He kept coming back to do it. Gravitz doesn't know what that means, but it has to mean something. He rubs his eyes and pours himself a cup of coffee from the machine in the common room before wandering over to the couch. Maybe doing some work will keep his mind off of things. He takes out his tablet. He takes a sip of coffee. He opens his emails. He chews on his bottom lip. Telling Barry about his history with Taco was a mistake. Barry kept looking at him while Taco gave him a snack. Barry might read into it, but Kravitz doesn't. Taco doesn't exactly have many options for friends. Taco seems to enjoy Kravitz's company, but there's a marked difference between that and the soldier pushing Kravitz back onto the hotel bed and crawling on top of him. The more Kravitz gets to know Taco, though, the more obvious it becomes that the soldier he knew was a lot like Taco, especially towards the end of things, when they were closer when Kravitz started to keep secrets from their handlers on the soldier's behalf, when the soldier called out for Loop in his sleep and woke up crying. That man, if he had more time, if there had been one last mission before he was put back in storage, might have broken free from his conditioning. It might have been Taco. The bad part about spending even a little time with Taco is that he can't get his mind off him. Even when Kravitz is trying to get a little distance from his feelings, drinking coffee and reading an email from Istis asking him when his next visit will be. Given the way he's hung up on Taco, maybe leaving is a good idea. He could get some distance and some perspective, talk to her in RQ and relax for a bit, the hunger is looming on the horizon, but he could, Hey, Bones, you busy? Taco flops down on the couch next to Kravitz, eyes bright. I owe you ice cream. Kravitz hesitates and then lowers his tablet. Are you offering me some? Kinda. Taco brandishes his own tablet at Kravitz. I want to go here. Kravitz looks down at the screen. Taco's got a video open, paused on a close-up of an ice cream sundae that looks, well, extremely American. Like something from an old film. Three scoops of ice cream, whipped cream and chocolate, peanuts, and a cherry on top. It's picture perfect. Is it in the city? Lower Manhattan! Taco says, pulling the tablet back towards himself. He looks at Kravitz, eyebrows raised. Well? You... now? Taco shrugs. 
Why not? I want to eat ice cream. They've got fancy ice cream. I did outside once and it was fine. How about it, Bones? You gonna make me go on my own? What about... Does Loop not want to come? Kravitz asks, because it's strange for Taco to ask him to go out with him over Loop. Loop and Barry are working on the Hunger Files, Taco says, rolling his eyes. At least that's what they said, but it sounded more like they were having a date. They need couple time. I'm trying not to think about it. That makes more sense. Kravitz glances down at the tablet in Taco's arms. Spending time with Taco sounds good. Besides, if he says no, Taco might go anyway and Loop would kill him. Okay, Kravitz agrees, leaning over to set his mug down on the coffee table. I haven't gone out for ice cream since I first got to America and our Q&istas took me. Taco gets up, frowning, too. You've been here for, like, decades. Kravitz shrugs. I work a lot. Jesus, fuck, Bones, Taco says with feeling. I only just started leaving the fucking tower, and I'm getting ice cream. We gotta work on your peopling skills. I'm good at being a person. Kravitz protests, smiling at Taco because he can't help it. Taco rolls his eyes. Sure, he says. You keep telling yourself that if it makes you feel better, but trust me, we've got some work to do. They take the stairs down to the garage. Taco takes one look at the elevator doors and then walks past it without stopping. Kravitz follows without complaint. He's still surprised he was invited at all. You can drive, right? Taco asks, glancing back at Kravitz as he leads them into Barry's private garage. Because I can, but technically I learned in the middle of a war zone possibly also from a hunger programmer somewhere, so, you know, probably need to brush up on my laws or whatever. It would be easier to take a cab. They'll never find parking. Or walk there, but a cab is too risky, and walking from Midtown to the Lower East Side would be 45 minutes of taco on the Manhattan sidewalk with the rest of the world, which seems like asking a lot of both Taco and the world. Besides, New Yorkers might be prepared to ignore everything, but tourists aren't, and there's always tourists lurking around Hall Winter Tower these days. I can drive. Barry's used to me stealing his cars, Kravitz says, because it's true, and Barry has yet to object to Kravitz taking one of his cars out. Kravitz suspects it's hard to care too much about a car when you spend most of your time flying around in a personalized robot suit. Kravitz gets out his phone to unlock one of Barry's fancier, heavily electronics-filled cars. Shield may have gone down, but they went down without revoking Kravitz's access to their old servers, 
and he's going to hold on to the more useful software on them as long as it keeps working. Barry could make something better, but the part of Kravitz that liked working for S.H.I.E.L.D., liked believing he was one of the good guys now, doesn't want to give this up just yet. He pops the locks on Barry's shiny blue Lamborghini and watches Taco's eyes light up. Fog, Taco says. Should have waited until you got us into a car before I decided who'd drive, huh? It's Manhattan. It'll be stop-and-go traffic all the way down second. Kravitz does make a point of not starting the car until Taco walks around to get in the passenger side, though, just in case. He's not sure how much of Taco's driving dates back to World War II and how much is contemporary. He picks up a pair of sunglasses from the dash, holds them out to Taco. They're cheap aviators and must be loops because Barry owns exactly one pair of sunglasses and their prescription. You should wear these. People are going to see you and think you're Captain America. I was Captain America, Taco says, slipping the sunglasses on. What about you, Reaper Man? Kravitz shrugs. People recognized him in Boston, but if nobody stopped him there, there's no way anyone in New York will bother. I'm not the friendly face of the Avengers, he says. Loop is. People come up to her all the time. Taco wrinkles his nose. Yeah, that sounds like Loop, he says, as he does up his seatbelt. Kravitz starts the car. Should have seen her during the war. People got so fucking excited when we came into a camp. Captain America in person? He snorts. Mostly. It was a bunch of horny dudes with a thing for her. She still gets that, Kravitz says. She's good at deflecting. Gross! She's dating a fucking billionaire superhero, says Taco, immediately dismissive. What do random horny dudes think they have to offer in comparison to that? Kravitz laughs because, yes... He's wondered the same thing every time he's seen Loop extract herself from an awkward situation or stepped in to rescue her. Nothing, he says. But that doesn't stop them from trying. Men are the worst, Taco says with feeling. If it helps, Barry gets hit on plenty, too. He's rich and famous. Kravitz glances at Taco, grinning. People are predictable. It makes made my job easy. Taco snorts. Being hot made your job easy, he says. Hot and violent. Perfect combination for a spy. The violence wasn't really a natural trait, Kravitz says. I was, nope, says Taco. We're going to ice cream bones. I love playing the tragic backstory game with you, but it's a sunny day, I'm outside in a cool car without fucking hyperventilating, and we're gonna get fancy Sundays. We gotta at least wait until we have an audience. Kravitz knows he shouldn't laugh, but he can't help himself. 
<laughs> I don't think Barry appreciates the game much. Barold needs more excitement in his life, Taco says, waving a hand, apparently ignoring the fact that Barry is a superhero who regularly defends the world from supervillains, aliens, and evil organizations. Besides, if you listen in on someone else's conversation, it's on you for eavesdropping in the first place. Have you seen Barry's security feed? Gravitz asks after a moment. Because you're not wrong. He deserves whatever he hears. Don't know why he needs cameras in the bathroom, but it's his place, so I guess if he wants to be nasty, he can get nasty. Taco shakes his head. This is the man my sister loves. He's nice, Kravitz says, because Barry is one of his closest friends. He loves Loop a lot. Yeah, he's a good dude. Taka's tone is oddly sincere. Pervy, but a good dude. He and Loop are good together, even if she is kind of robbing the gradle. Kravitz chuckles as he pulls the Lamborghini into a free space. There are a couple of blocks from the ice cream place still, but there's parking, and that overrides the walking distance. Loop likes to make that joke whenever she gets asked about dating an older man. He says that really people should be more concerned about her dating a guy 60 years younger than she is. She's got game. The nearest street sign is half a block away. Taco glances at it briefly and frowns. Kravitz had almost forgotten how good the soldier's eyesight is. It's like being in the car with our cue. We're stopping here? We've still got a couple of blocks to go. Parking in Manhattan, Kravitz says. I didn't think I'd find anything this close. He looks Taco over, carefully casual. Do you mind the walk? It's a loaded question. Less about the walk, more about the other pedestrians, the tall buildings with good sight lines surrounding them, the hiding places attackers might lurk. Kravitz knows about feeling vulnerable in new places, even if Taco's one of the most dangerous people on the planet. I've got three knives on me and a mail-order Russian bodyguard for company, Taco says. Chiboy's good. Kravitz raises an eyebrow, amused. I see where my value lies. Your dangerous arm candy and an excuse to order two Sundays, Taco agrees. He pats Kravitz's arm once, then pops the car door open and hops out. Kravitz pays for their parking and falls into step beside Taco. It's sunny out, but there's still a chill in the air. A hint of winter, nipping at Autumn's heels. Gravitz is comfortable in the sweater he's wearing now, but he grew up used to the cold. Of course my brain chills out about outside once it starts getting cold out. Taco buries his hands in the pockets of the hoodie he's wearing, keeping any hint of silver hidden. When Loop and I were kids, we used to go up on the roof of our aunt's building and try and catch the breeze up there in the summer, Taco says, after a moment of walking in silence. Never worked, but fuck, air conditioning is nice, huh? 
I just remember being cold most of the time when I was a kid, Kravitz says. Not that Russian doesn't have summer, but the facility I spent my early childhood in only had one outdoor area for us, and I think they liked it to be barren. Taco raises his sunglasses with his right hand so Kravitz has a clear view of him rolling his eyes. Should've known you'd make this about your sad childhood. Kravitz snorts. It's not my fault you keep giving me openings. I'm just trying to work out what I remember. I've got brain damage, Bones. I'll try to control myself, Kravitz says, grinning at Taco. No promises. Too much to ask that you'd be nice to me, I guess, Taco says, dropping the sunglasses again. He slips his hand back into his pocket. I'm gonna choose both Sundays, just for that. I'm fairly certain you are going to do that anyway. Taco sticks his tongue out at Kravitz. You'll never know now, will you? He bumps their shoulders together as they walk. You've been made, by the way. Kravitz hadn't noticed himself being noticed, which is unusual. When Taco's around, it's hard for him to concentrate on other things. That's fine in the tower, but they're outside, in public, where anything could happen. He tries not to register his surprise. You sure they're not looking at you? Taco shakes his head. One of us has super hearing, my dude, and it ain't you. Across the street with the strollers. Kravitz looks as subtly as he can, reaching to take his phone from his pocket so he's got an excuse to turn his body towards the other side of the street, where, yes, there's a group of three moms in yoga gear with their strollers, watching them too closely. They look worried. Not saying nice things, I take it, Kravitz says, turning his attention back to Taco. Taco shrugs. Lots of back and forth about culpability and what people say on the news, he says. Pretty sure they'd be having the same convo about me if they knew who I was. I really preferred being anonymous, Kravitz says. Let's hope they're not getting ice cream. Taco snorts and hooks his left arm through Kravitz's, sticking his hand immediately back in his pocket. Listen, if they are, I will absolutely do my best cap impression and tell them to fuck off in front of their kids. Let's see the news talk about that for a while, huh? Kravitz really shouldn't laugh because he has a feeling laughing would only encourage Taco. The soldier always took laughter as encouragement, but he can't help himself. <laughs> I think it'd probably be best if you don't antagonize people while pretending to be Loop. She might object. Never stopped me before. You can really tell you didn't have siblings growing up. Taco holds up a hand before Kravitz can say anything. Let me guess, you had rivals instead, and also they tried to kill you a lot. Kravitz smiles down at Taco. Yes, actually. 
You must be a riot at parties, Taco says. The guy everyone wants to invite over. Funnily enough, I don't get invited to many. Taco laughs, which is satisfying. Even if Taco's laughing at him, it's nice to see him look so delighted. Eyes crinkled up, the sun caught up in his hair, and turning the strands that have wormed their way free from his braid bright gold. Okay, now you're making me feel sorry for you. If you felt sorry for me, you wouldn't be laughing at me, Kravitz says. Oh no, I would definitely still laugh, Taco says. But you're right, I'm lying. He tugs Kravitz to a stop and lets go of his arm so he can grab the door to the ice cream place. You've got money, right? I'm still working on that. Did you ask me to come with you for ice cream just to make me buy it for you? Taco definitely did, but Kravitz wants to make him admit it. He'd like to pretend it's not endearing, but honestly, the way Taco pushes him around reminds him of the soldier, and Kravitz had been perfectly fine with that. If Reapers had made money, the soldier certainly would have made Kravitz pay at restaurants he dragged him to to train his American accent into him. If I'm paying, doesn't that mean I get to choose one of the Sundays after all? No, I'm choosing, Taco says fast and firm. And don't sell yourself short, Bones. I also wanted you to drive. After you... The ice cream parlor is crowded with people trying to make the most out of the sunshine outside. Pressed close in the queue for the till, crowded around the small counters that line the walls of the shop to eat. As far as personal space goes, it's a nightmare. It's not busy enough to force bodily contact, but there are enough people that Kravitz could kill someone and leave before anyone noticed. There's one entrance, and behind the counter, a door to the back of the shop. Big, clear shop windows. A hard-to-defend bottleneck. He looks back at Taco, still in the doorway. I can order and meet you outside. Taco's eyes are obscured by his sunglasses, but there is tension in his jaw. A set to his shoulders that gives away the close attention he's paying to his surroundings, too. Outside's too hot, he says, taking a deliberate step into the shop. We're getting a banana split and the salted caramel peanut and pretzel parfait, by the way. The future's fucking obsessed with salted caramel. Gotta try it eventually. That one's pretty new, Kravitz says. You should go ahead of me so you can order. Falco gives him a look over the top of his sunglasses that says he knows what Kravitz is doing, but doesn't object. Kravitz follows behind Taco, watching his back in the line. There's part of him that wants to put a hand on Taco's shoulder, wants to tell him that even Kravitz feels uncomfortably exposed in the shop, but their friendship is a tentative new thing. And Taco's not exactly big on talking about how he's feeling, except on his own, very specific terms. I was allergic to peanuts as a kid, Taco says, before the, you know, serum thing. 
his capture by the hunger. The experimental procedure John did on him. Taka's shoulders are tense. The conversation is a way to pass the time, but it's also a way for Taka to distract himself. Kravitz can appreciate the necessity of it. You're not anymore. Nope, Taco says. It was a complete fucking fluke finding that out, though. Troth, she was part of, you know, the Howleys, our troop. She got some peanut butter from back home, didn't know I was allergic, and was eating it with a fucking spoon in the middle of camp. We freaked out, but I hadn't even noticed. I snuck some later just to see. Nothing. He pauses. Drawing some peanut butter in the middle of nowhere Italy probably wasn't the best plan, but I was pretty sure nothing was going to happen. Kravitz stares down at Taco, trying to work out if he's serious. You just decided to try it out and hope for the best? Listen, I said it wasn't the best plan, but... You know, nothing happened when Troth was eating it and peanuts smelled good. Taco grins at him. It's fine. I was right. I'm not allergic anymore. Have you tried peanut butter on pancakes? It's good. Taco is ridiculous. Different from the soldier in some ways. To Kravitz, it had seemed like the soldier had a plan for every situation. But the same in many. So you ate a spoonful of peanut butter on a hunch. I have good instincts, Taco says, shrugging. I mean, it's not like I was wrong. How did you tell Lube? Kravitz has a suspicion he knows the gist of Taco's answer already, but they're almost at the front of the line, and Taco's not relaxed, but he's distracted, and distracted means not hyperventilating. They've got this far. They can get the ice cream before they leave and find a place with less people. I didn't, says Taco. The next time we were at an American base with a real mess hall, they had peanut butter, so I put some on my toast. He grins up at Kravitz, all smug satisfaction. She wasn't pleased. Kravitz laughs. He's sure not pleased is an understatement. And Taco looks incredibly proud of himself for giving his sister a heart attack. <laughs> You're right. I have no idea how siblings work. Worst part of being a tragic Russian spy orphan, I guess, Taco says, and then turns to order their ice cream from the girl behind the counter. Taco bossing him around is familiar. Even if it's been literal decades since the six months Kravitz spent as a soldier's partner. Kravitz is trying not to think about it, the way he's trying not to think about the way the teenager behind the counter's eyes are lingering on his face as Taco steps out of the way to let him pay. Your total comes to thirty-six dollars, she says, looking at him like she's trying to decide if she knows him. Taco and Loop have a particular way of talking. Even the Winter Soldier hadn't been able to erase their cadence entirely. The accent persisted even in his Russian. He did a better cockney than Kravitz, though. Thirty-six dollars for ice cream is... Well, it's Manhattan, 
Kravitz pulls a couple of twenties out of his wallet and offers them to her, smiles friendly and open, and then pulls out another twenty and slips it into the tip jar. If she recognizes Taco, she recognizes him as a loop, but having attention drawn to someone who is potentially Captain America won't make their lives easier. Thank you, he says. Keep the change. She looks at the twenty in the tip jar, then up at Kravitz, smiling back at him. Have a nice day, sir. Smart kid, Taco says under his breath as they move down the counter. Things are fucking expensive in the future, huh? Hachimachi, you used to be able to get a comb for, like, five cents. Back in your day, Kravitz looks down at Taco, raising an amused eyebrow. Don't talk to me about being old. I read your Wikipedia page. Taco prods Kravitz's side with a finger. Fucking yikes, Bones. Kravitz snorts. He should feel exposed, maybe. He does when he thinks about the rest of the world reading his history, but Taco was, even if he doesn't remember it. He was there for part of it. Maybe it was only six months. Seven, including the month the Winter Soldier trained him when he was fourteen. But they were an important six months. Kravitz still needs to tell Taco about their shared history. But at least he knows about the Red Room. That feels right. Yikes is a bit of an understatement, but yeah, he says. It's fine. They're all dead now. Taco lets out a surprised laugh, too loud for the little shop, loud enough to draw glances their way, and hits Kravitz's arm with his flesh hand. Jesus Christ! You can't just say shit like that without warning me! If I warned you, what would be the point? Kravitz asks, reaching out to pick up their Sunday and banana split when their order is called. Wanna eat outside? Yeah, let's get the fuck out of this fishbowl. I hate it, Taco says, and grabs a sundae from Kravitz's hand to lead him back out onto the sidewalk. A sundae and a banana split aren't exactly walking food, but they're not far from Sarah D. Roosevelt Park. Taco breaks into the sundae on their way there, digging into it with a wooden spoon and humming happily as he eats. Loop says I've got money somewhere he says after the first couple of bites. I'll buy next time. Kravitz knows Taco asked him to come out because Loop and Barry are busy with research slash a date, and he doesn't know anyone else. The offer is probably a gesture more than anything else. Not that Kravitz thinks Taco feels any sort of guilt about making Kravitz spend $60 on ice cream, but he can't help feeling pleased. And Taco brought him a cookie. Maybe he means it. Is the Sunday good? It's pretty dece. Here, trade me. Taco takes the banana split from Kravitz and hands him the Sunday, spoon buried in a mountain of peanut butter ice cream covered in caramel sauce and loaded with peanuts and pretzels and a hearty dollop of whipped cream. Kravitz looks at the Sunday, then at Taco. Taco rolls his eyes. Try some! God, you worried about germs? No, 
Kravitz says, because he's not. He just didn't know that he and Taco had reached the stage in their friendship where Taco felt comfortable sharing a spoon. Then again, the first time they had a real conversation, Taco stole his half-eaten ice cream sandwich. I was just thinking that this means you owe me three ice creams, Kravitz says, picking up the spoon. Since this was supposed to be an apology for taking my ice cream sandwich? The sundae is salty and sweet and well-balanced, so rich Kravitz isn't sure he could eat much of it, but it's good. Taco knows his food. You bought yourself one of these, Taco says. So technically, I only owe you two. He pauses. One and a half because you ate part of the sandwich. Taco takes a seat on the first free bench they come to so he can open up the banana split. He steals the cherry from the top of it and pops it in his mouth. You like the sundae? Kravitz takes another bite of it as he sits beside Taco. It's good. I don't know how one person could eat it all. Fortunately, you've got me to help you out. Taco digs into the banana split with the other spoon. I've got a whole list of ice cream places to work our way through. I can't believe how much food the future has. Did you know the internet is full of videos of people just eating it? Not even telling you if it's good or not. Just showing you the food and taking a couple of bites. He pops the spoon in his mouth. Ah! Taco cuts himself off and looks down at the banana split, betrayed. What the fuck? Kravitz is a professional. Kravitz doesn't so much as twitch in response to the exclamation, but he's immediately on high alert. What's wrong with it? I don't think the girl in the shop recognized you as you, but she definitely thought you were Captain America and may have recognized me as well. Yeah, you gotta get some sunglasses too, Taco says without looking up as he carves off a piece of banana with his spoon. He pops it into his mouth on its own and then shakes his head. How did you fuck up bananas so badly? What did the future do? Gravitz lets himself relax, setting the sundae down so he can steal some of the bananas split. Loop hates bananas, he says. I assume for the same reason you look like someone just ran over your dog. She was less empathetic in her reaction. She told me bananas were bad now, Taco says, prodding the banana split with his spoon and giving it a forlorn look. I forgot. Tastes fine to me, Kravitz says after trying some. Like a normal banana and very expensive ice cream. Taco gives him a dirty look and scoops the ice cream from around the banana. You can have them, he says. I can't believe they changed bananas. I can't believe bananas are the future food that got worse. Well, if you don't want it anymore, I could just... Did I say that? Taco takes another pointed bite of the banana split. Just because I know it's bad doesn't mean I want it gone, Bones. You can just have the fruit part. I mean, who wants a banana with their ice cream anyway? 
Ridiculous. Stop lying to yourself. It's ice cream. It's not healthy. Kravitz laughs and pushes the sundae closer to Taco on the bench between so he can cleanse his palate. So, no peanut butter and banana sandwiches in your future. You are going to lose your ice cream privileges if you're not careful. You're walking a fine line. Taco picks up the sundae and leans back on the bench, fishing out a pretzel with his spoon. The Twinkie things are good, though. It takes Kravitz a moment of mental gymnastics to connect Taco's complaints to the Japanese cakes Barry stocked the communal freezer with. I'm sure there's sugar in those, he says, schooling his face because there's probably only so much laughing at Taco he can get away with. This is still new. A lot of sugar. Fucking bananas, Taco says with feeling. He looks up at Kravitz and raises an eyebrow. We're better than most people, but I can tell you think this is hilarious. You can smile, Bones. It shouldn't be easy to forget who Taco is. That he's the Winter Soldier, still, despite the smiling and the jokes. But it is, somehow. Kravitz can start out thinking about all the ways Taco and the soldier are the same and end up caught up in Taco. Maybe that makes sense. The soldier had always seemed overwhelmingly real to Kravitz when he was young, but Taco's personality dwarfs the soldier's. When he's around Taco, it's hard to think about anyone else. Kravitz fishes more banana out of the dish still between them, and smiles at Taco as he pops it into his mouth. It's very funny, he confirms. Next time you take me out for ice cream, we'll know better. Awfully sure of yourself, Taco says, and reaches out to steal some of the now mostly banana-free split with his spoon. I don't know, might invite someone else. I'm safe, Kravitz says, you know three people, and two of them are dating each other. At some point, you're going to need my company again. Taco sticks his tongue out at him, but he looks amused, happy. Just for that, you're paying the next time, too. Kravitz reaches over to steal a scoop of the sundae in Taco's hand, smile widening at the indignant look on Taco's face. You... We're going to make me pay anyway. I was, Taco agrees, unrepentant. He licks his spoon clean of ice cream and digs into the banana split for more. By the time I'm done with you, we'll have tried all the ice cream in the city. Next time, soft serve. As far as future plans go, Gravitz can think of worse things than spending the next few weeks, months, maybe getting ice cream with Taco. I like soft serve, he says, and wishes he had said something that sounded smarter. We can go to Momofuku Milk. Kravitz's next words are cut off by buzzing against his thigh. He glances down and fishes out his phone. The caller ID says, Lucretia. Taco peers over, reading the text upside down in size. 
Well, he says, guess your boy just can't have nice things, huh? End of chapter 38